Hi everyone, and welcome to Angler's Account. I'm Brenna, and I'm very excited to be kicking off my first episode of my first ever podcast. This is something that I have wanted to do for a very long time, uh, but I was never really sure where exactly I wanted the focus of my podcast to be. Having some experience in college, I studied broadcasting and journalism, and I conducted a lot of interviews, and I really missed the storytelling. I wanted to find something now that I could do to still entertain that interest. Um, So I thought, what in my life have I been able to share with friends and family, and what can I do to incorporate that, whatever it may be, with my interest in journalism? So I thought, well, over the past few years, my interest in fishing have really heightened. Wanting to find something where my dad and I could um, get together when I came home from college, I've learned a lot from him, and I thought, you know what? why don't I give fishing a try? I mean, I've fished all my life, but not really to the extent that my dad does. So I've really grown to love every aspect of it. The times that we have spent um, on the shore and the stories that he has shared with me of the people he met when he was fishing. And, you know, I want to learn more about that. I want to learn all the kinds of species, the techniques, the gear, and I want to learn from those that he has and those who have really dug their roots into the sandy parts of Massachusetts. And when I say that, I mean the people who have flocked from all over the country and all over the world and who have made their way to Cape Cod for the fishing and the people that have grown up on the Cape and who have grown up on Nantucket and on Martha's Vineyard. And I want to hear from them. So I have to say much of my inspiration for Angler's account also comes from my dad. Someone we'll get to hear from in a moment, but it's the countless stories, like I said, that he has shared with me of the men and the women that he has simply met from being a part of this fishing community here on Cape Cod. And growing up in Barnstable, we had striped bass almost every night in the summer. Caught, of course, by the one and only dad. I will give a shout out, however, to my older brother, David, who has brought many bass to the table. So thank you, Dave. But as we would eat this fish that my mom would cook, we would talk about um, where it came from. And my dad would talk about the person that he had met from a hundred yards over who ran over and said, what do you got in your line? I haven't caught anything yet. And they would hit it off. And that person would have a very interesting background of their own. And they would set up a fishing time or time to go fishing again. Um, so it's things like that, that have really um, inspired me to uncover those stories. And I mean, there, there have been so many great books written about fishermen's tales in our area. You've all read Moby Dick, right? I mean, I don't think I'll come across a tale quite like that, but I do hope to rediscover and uncover more that have been forgotten or even untold. So again, thanks for listening. And I hope you can enjoy as we navigate through this world of podcasting together. And I hope to hear from you too. So whether you have a memorable fishing story or just a favorite day out on the water, Send me those messages on Instagram and follow Angler's account. Now, let's jump right in to episode one. So today I have here with me is my dad, the one and only Dave McCubrey, the one who got me introduced to fishing uh, at a very young age, probably way back to a time that I can't even remember back to. 
Uh, whether it be up in New Hampshire, on our pond, or showing me the keepers that you brought home uh, that night after a long day at Sandy Neck, it's just been part of growing up. Um, so having that in my life from a very young age, would you say that's true for you too? I started, I guess, when I was little, probably the same age you. As, you know, Once you can throw a ball, you can cast a rod. And my parents weren't big into the outdoors, but... Um, I had friends who liked to fish, and the town I grew up in west of Boston had a lot of small ponds, and we would start off getting rides from our mothers or fathers to the ponds, and eventually we'd get on our bikes, and we'd ride our bikes to whatever local ponds were, and just from then, you start learning a lot just through the experience, and um, we were lucky that there were some good fish in these ponds to keep our interests going. Now, you were starting out fishing from ponds, but now it's pretty much strictly salt water. You're out there almost yes. every day, uh, whether it be the morning or at night or your lunch break down at the canal <laughs> um, or between periods at my hockey games growing up. <laughs> what um, what attracted you to the salt water? Well, what even brought you down to the Cape? Well, I've always been near the ocean. And um, I think if you enjoy fishing, it's it's natural to want to try new things, whether it's change in geography or going from fresh to salt or salt to fresh. And using different types of gears that um, might give you a challenge, a, a new challenge, so to speak. But um, vacationing with my family in Wellfleet, Mass, um, through the 60s and 70s, and even into the early 80s on my own when I got my license, my dad would take me down to the beach. The fishing wasn't good, but once in a while we'd catch something, and it was always fun. And uh, I think I got a love of the ocean from my father, who was a graduate of Mass Maritime, and a couple years in the U.S. Navy. And he always loved the ocean and always found time to take his family there and kind of sparked from there. So after coming here for years with your family and bringing your family now to grow up on the Cape, what really sparked that interest to keep pursuing the fish on Cape Cod? Like you said, you always wanted to try something new, but what is it that really, is there something that an experience you've had or people you've met on the water um, that makes you want to keep going and maybe meeting new people in the community? Is there something you can think of that really just attracts you to the to the water every day? Well, my very good friend, Randy, who we've been fishing with together, I've been fishing together since nursery school, really, in Wayland. His family had a place in Chatham, and I was invited down with him and his brother, and they had an old Penyon boat. And we'd go out with Bill off the rips of Monomoy and around Nosset in front of Chatham Light, and Kept some bluefish and some small bass. The bass fishing wasn't nearly what it is now. But um, just again, back to the ocean. And I always thought I'd love just when I grew up to live on Cape Cod. But when I was younger, the economic opportunities, I don't think, were really there. Um, a lot of nail bangers, commercial fishermen, tradesmen like that. But the Cape, I came down here to work for my wife's family's business. At that moment, I realized it was kind of a dream come true and that I was being closer to the water, I'd be able to fish a lot more. It became necessary to fish at night or after hours when it would be less impact on the family. And but benefit us, bringing home striper every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, and that, that's always good. I love to share my catch. I never kill more than I can eat or give someone. I think everyone should just take just enough for themselves and share a little bit. Uh, I see a lot of overkill going on these days. The whole night fishing thing really, really got into me. It's it's, it's magical experience at night. Um, deep in the night, there's, you eliminate about 99% of the fishermen. The things you see, the shooting stars, the wildlife, the deer, coyotes howling behind you. Um, and it's always new and always different. So you'd come home, like I said, with these fish and 
we'd sit down at the dinner table and um, mom would perfectly prepare your evening catch and um, we'd talk about that guy that you met or it'd end up with some crazy story or some small world kind of thing. What is one that you've, you haven't, forgot, haven't forgotten that's so just notable to you? I think overall it's just the camaraderie. There's, there's so many different types of fishermen, just like the people in walks of life, you know, whether you're in golfing or whatever your hobby is. There's, everyone has their own take and their own spin on it with a common goal. Um, I'd have to say that the biggest thing I take out is every, every summer there's something that happens. Last summer I was fishing at night. Um, we've had some great white sharks uh, about a half mile off the beach where I like to fish. And one night I hooked into a small keeper sized fish and the second it hit my lure it ran off 200 yards of line and long story short 20 minutes later I was able to reel the head in of just the bass a good sized shark I'm not quite sure exactly what type of shark it was but that was very exciting and since then the last year I've gone back to that spot and I've been approached by probably five or six guys who <laughs> called me the shark guy or asked me questions about it and I had no idea of how they knew about it um, I think a lot of people said the guy in this Silver Pathfinder. So when I pulled up, it's <laughs> the guy in the Silver Pathfinder was the same shark guy. So that's been fun. And it, it kind of gives you a little reason to stick your chest out once in a while. And um, I like to share. I like to share my success in this day and age of technology and all the websites and Facebook pages and everything. Um, it's like a lot of information, but there's a lot of little subtleties. And especially when it comes to Finute spots, you know, real, I mean, there's people say fish nos at beach, but then you can break it down to a certain quarter mile and that quarter mile, there might be a certain hole or a certain break that works at a certain time of year and a certain wind. So it's a lot of information, but the general camaraderie between the striped bass, a lot of people think striped bass fishermen are nuts for staying out till four in the morning. But <laughs> well, but I'm starting to get a taste of that, but, and I understand <laughs> why it's addicting. Yeah, it's, it's and especially at night, you know, because it's very quiet usually and you're reeling very, everything's very slow and it's all about senses, you know, you don't see the hit, it's all it's all touch. And a four pound striped bass will touch a lure the same way a 44 pound striped bass touches a lure. And until you set that hook, it's it's a huge question mark. And when that line takes off and your reel starts singing, that's a lot of fun. And that's something we, even just last night, we were on Sandy Neck and um, I haven't really fished at night like you have. And last night was really the first time that I've experienced that. And, you cast your line out there and you kind of look at the horizon, wait for the splash, see where you land, <laughs> but you hope for the best and just the same. You look for the splash, see if anything's touching your line. What's what's really the big difference um, other than vision from night fishing to fishing in the early morning? It's it's touch. It, it's, it's knowing your gear, um, whether you're using spinning gear, conventional gear, fly fishing. Um, it's, it's knowing... All the little things, the sound your reel makes when the line's being spooled correctly. Um, you feel everything. You reel very slow at night. In the day, they seek the cooler waters, and you know that's more of a boat fisherman's gig. Um, but at nighttime, it's just knowing the feel, knowing when there might be a line might be wrapped around the tip of your rod, but you know that that could snap if you set the hook on a good fish. Checking your lure every single cast, even for the smallest piece of seaweed, can mess up a lure's um, retrieve its action resulting in no hits. So it's very slow and very methodical, but the fishing is often, you're rewarded with a good fish after dark. So that, that brings me to a good point. Um, you talk about it's more of a, those who fish on the boat, um, without being too specific, because I know we always like to keep our honey holes secret. <laughs> um, where in a general sense do you love to fish? And I know, of course, our listeners don't know, but you love fishing wading out right from the beach. Do you have a 
like an area that you've really just kind of called home? Yeah, when we first moved here, of course, Nasset Beach was the, uh, you know, the high ground, the, the holy grail of beaches, you know, famous for many decades for the striped bass fishing. So when we moved here, the striped bass were really making a huge comeback. So I would work, I was working 10 hours a day for many years, but when I was younger, I could have the energy to go out with a buddy or two and we'd drive down to Chatham and could fish till two in the morning, get up at five and go to work. I uh, can't do that these days. <laughs> a lot of factors, the seals, um, the erosion of Nosset, the, the breaks, there's been multiple breaks at Nosset, but basically the seals have made shore fishing extremely difficult, if not impossible. So I've looked, I've, I've, then I went to Provincetown, I fell in love with Race Beach, but again, it was far, gas was hitting $4 a gallon, yields were getting $2 a piece, and I just decided to kind of lower my standards a little bit, and I started fishing my hometown of Barnstable, and discovered that, like many many people knew who grew up here, that the fishing is very good in Barnstable. <laughs> each, each place has its good spots in the spring, you know, the south side can be very productive, but Barnstable's really, I, I fish Sandy Neck Beach a lot. You don't catch a lot of big fish, but it's pretty. And I like the dunes. I like being away from crowds. I have always said I'd rather catch a couple small fish or, you know, half dozen small fish than one 30-pounder shoulder-to-shoulder with a bunch of yahoos or people I call yahoos who don't maybe have the general respect of the outdoors <laughs> than, right. than some people do. You, you tend to see that in some of the bigger, more populated beaches. And I always like to walk, too, if I can. I'll walk the extra half mile uh, just to separate myself, and often that's rewarded in good fishing. So those people that are really just wanting to get into fishing, um, like myself, I mean, it's been a couple years now, but I've had a lot of different experiences, uh, whether it be lucky to have friends who have a boat or going out with you and waiting out. What would you say for someone who's new to fishing, doesn't have all the gear, doesn't have a boat, where would you say their best bet is to maybe try for a first time? At first, it depends on the type of year. You know, the fish generally show up behind the herring, which is usually the beginning of May, give or take a couple of days. This year was extremely late, I think due to some water temperature from storms and whatnot. Um, the spring fishing was very difficult, but generally the springtime is the best time to get going. And I would say, keep it really simple. Don't look at the guy next to you and you know, you don't need the $600 reel, the $400 rod. I would say a good quality reel is more important. You can get one for a hundred bucks at any good tackle shop. And the lures you use, um, there's, there's basic, you know, there's top water plugs, swimming plugs, uh, metals, spoons, jigs. Learn to fish one lure, top water lure, good. Uh, walking the dog is pretty much the mainstay. There's so many different lures now. Um, the lure manufacturers have really gotten on the ball in the last 10 years, coming out with some new and innovative designs that really do work and have kind of pushed the old staples, the old Gibbs, Danny's aside. Um, they're, they're, it's really pretty remarkable, the fishing. But keep it simple. In the fall coming up, Sandy Neck's a good spot. If it's a shallow water beach, you want to fish it near high tide. Um, you generally get smaller fish this time of year during the day. But any creek mouths, like Scorton Creek, I like to put waders on and get in the water. It helps me uh, different angles of approach instead of just casting into the same spot and having the same retrieve back every time. By getting in the water, you can cast parallel to the beach, whether it's east or west or north or south, um, kind of changing things up. But learn to work just a couple lures at first. Watch the people around you. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I love to give people tips. Anybody comes up to me, I've given away probably 30, 40 lures in my lifetime just because I was catching fish and I had a couple extra ones. I'd give one to them. And I've actually had a few people come back after recommendations and you know gave me a nice handshake and a big thanks for the information I get them. It was enough to get them over the edge into having a fishy day. That's awesome. Definitely need more people scattered throughout the shores of the Cape <laughs> like that. Get a couple free lures. Yeah. Well, Dad, thank you so much for 
joining me in chatting on our first episode of Angler's Account. We'll definitely be back hearing more from you. Well, it was a lot of fun, Brenna, and thank you for having me, and I wish you the best success. But having known you all your life, I think you got a good start going for you. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. Be sure to keep track of our postings on Angler's Account on Instagram. It's to the right and you're the only